there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel. Live downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort at Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Paulie with the day off today after sitting in yesterday with Matt Humans doing the show on Christmas Day. We are loaded. On this three-hour program today, Paul Stone coming up in 45 minutes to go over some bull bets for this week. Aaron Renning on the NBA today, and we'll talk to Will Hill, v contributor, a little bit later on on some of the bets that he likes for today and uh, this week. I don't have any kids. JVT, uh, you're much younger than me. You do have two young right, whippersnappers. Is, uh, is Christmas Day fun for you at this stage of your life? <laughs> no. God, no. Because here's a problem. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, right? So we, we do a lot of the gift giving and, and gift opening on Christmas Eve, right? So there's still some stuff on Christmas morning. But for the most part, we do a lot of celebrating. And then, you know, Santa brings a couple of things in sure. the morning. Um, Christmas Day. The problem, and I think I'll speak to anybody out there who has children. The problem with Christmas Day is twofold. One, uh, it's just a mess because there's just stuff everywhere, right? Kids want to open every single thing that they got, whatever. So you got to kind of like hide them and, you know, like, no, 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 we don't need to do that one right now. The other part is construction. If you get something that has to be put together, the five-year-old and the two-year-old aren't going to put it together, right? I've got to put it together. Of course. So I've got to put together the Iron Golem Minecraft Lego set yesterday, right? I've got to put together the small kitchen. I've got to do all of these things. So... It's not the greatest. I would love to sit back and just uh, kind of get a little buzzed and watch sports. Not really the case, but I did bust out the rollerblades yesterday, so that was good. So let me ask you this, and, and this goes out to the audience as well. doesn't matter your situation. You could be like me. I'm married, but I don't have any kids. You could be single. You could be in JVT spot, married, couple kids, whatever the story is. Too many games yesterday on Christmas? FTM at vcin.com is the email. We're on X at vcin live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard. I found myself taking a break during the middle game in the NFL. Yes. Right? Because it's like you, you do need, and it's, I get it. It fell on a Monday. So the NFL went above and beyond this year and put three games on the board for us. And then the NBA, forget about it, it's all day long. But at some point, like you're going to have to do the gift swapping, right? The opening. It's nice here in Las Vegas, so you spent a little bit of the day maybe outside with the dogs, whatever it was. It's like from morning until late last night. It's like, yeah, it's a pretty busy schedule here. Maybe maybe want to dial it back a notch. I mean, I agree. Like, look, so I'm, I love the NBA, so like Christmas is always a fun day for me because I enjoy not only Christmas, it's my favorite holiday, but I like the sport of the NBA. So Christmas and NBA is always really great. Having said that, could I use like three games instead of five? Yeah, yeah probably. Right. right. Uh, NFL, could I use two games instead of three? Yeah, I think so. I I'm think two you. on Christmas Day is pretty much the max moving forward. Yep. And, and you know, I know that the NBA and, and the NFL are now kind of at war with each other for you know the the foothold on Christmas. Uh, L in that war, by the way, for the NBA yesterday. 
But I do think that like, we can tone it down a bit. And I get it. Like a lot of the time, sometimes you'll put it on for like background noise, right? While you're doing stuff, whatever. Um, so I think maybe it's a little unique for people like us who have to watch it to a certain extent and pay attention. So I kind of get it. But for me, it, I did find myself, like you said, like I actually, I think I passed out for like the first like two and a half quarters of Eagles Giants because I was like, I got to dude. I've been up since like one o'clock and got up at five because Santa's here and all this right, stuff. Of course. Yeah, I got to I got to tap out for a couple hours. And then the eyeballs are definitely going to be on the Chiefs Raiders game because you couldn't believe yep. what was going on. And are they going to come back and win this thing, which they did not. And then you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I need to save myself for the Ravens 49ers because that's supposed to be like the game of the year. And it turned out to be this uh, thumping at the hands of Baltimore going to San Francisco last night and taking them apart 33-19, to 19, your final score. I think the uh, we'll get into the MVP conversation a little bit later on. But beyond that, more importantly here, for in terms of like San Francisco futures, right, uh, and how important that game was for their overall resume, well, because they were gifted – the win, like the divisional early Christmas present they got from a team inside the NFC West last week on Monday night when the Seahawks beat the Eagles meant that the Niners could have the one seed wrapped up by week 18. That's no longer the case. And who do they get now in week 18? A very tricky Ram squad that happens to be playing great football. And, oh, I don't know, maybe the Rams need that game to get into the playoffs. But also, in a big spot like that, to have your second-year quarterback and the MVP frontrunner, the guy who was odds-on, priced anywhere from minus $2, even higher going into the game, to throw up a stink bomb like that. Now the mm. question is going to be, the, I can't even wait for the 49ers' first playoff game because the entire week it's going to be filled with, what do you do with Brock Purdy? Can, can we trust this guy in a big spot? Yep. You can smell it from three weeks away. And here's the thing about Purdy's performance yesterday. I know a lot of people, like, I got a text, like, oh, this is just variance. Well, I don't think it is, right? The first off, the first interception just didn't see the safety at all. Safety just scrapes over the top, That's picks him, him off in the end zone. 100% on him. Yep. But even a couple of these, right? The one where he extends the play out and receiver comes back to him, they, that guy's covered. You can't put that in that situation because then what happens? It gets defended, it pops up, and then it gets picked off. Like, those are things that Brock Purdy, were. Th those were on him. And the crazy thing about this is, you know, we were talking about the stat that was out there for Shanahan. 0-37 uh, in his career went down by eight or more points in the fourth quarter. That's a hard situation to come back from. But it does speak to the overall narrative for this team and go back to the three games which they lost, right, consecutively. They have had trouble when not holding on to the lead and doing what they want to do. When the game script gets away from San Francisco, it does seem that this is a team that has those issues. And going through the regular season, it, it's a little different to the postseason. More than likely, when you're facing the best teams in the NFL, you're going to be trailing. So can you be able to dig yourself out of some small holes if that's going to be the case? If you're taken out of your first read, if you're off script, can Purdy operate? And I, I don't think we have enough of evidence to say, 100% no, he cannot do it. But there is a growing case that would make you feel stronger about saying, no, he cannot do it. Mm -hmm. Now, how many of those INTs were actually really on him of the four last night? The first one absolutely was. Yep. The second one was kind of a wonky play where the cornerback came in on a blitz and was it going to be a run? And then he, he did, it was a fake and then he was going to go over to Debo Samuel and the guy jumps up, taps it up in the air, gets picked off. But that's, I mean, he should have seen the guy coming at him. Right. It was a bad throw to like put it right at the guy, and so the guy made a really good play. The ball still has to go up in the air and then find a Ravens defender. I understand that part. The third INT, I think, is the one that you're talking about, right? Because yeah. he also goes. It was a broken play. There were flags on the play, and then he's gonna. He's roll, eventually he, you know, has some running room and he's scrambling out to his right. Then he goes across his body. It does hit Kittle kind of in the, in the hands a little bit, but the guy comes in, knocks it, goes flying up again, and then the fourth INT was just as bad as it gets, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, two of them, yes, absolutely horrendous. The other two were, I mean, I think maybe a little bit debatable. De definitely the third one, you can't make that throw anyway. So he had a really bad game in a really bad spot for him, especially for MVP ticket holders on that guy. But also that set up the Ravens last night, right? The, the, the drive that they put together where they eventually settled for the field goal, I thought was the best drive of the game, and they couldn't score a touchdown. It was that, it was that drive where Lamar eventually had that, Really, really long big, yeah. run 
And that was uh, ultra impressive. I think that was on third down to keep the drive going for the Ravens. That was their best drive, I thought, of the game. Settled for a field goal. Other than that, they were set up in beautiful field position because they were so bad on the flip side. It's ironic, too, because the opening drive, you thought, was this going to be one of those games for the Ravens where he trips over the ref and it's a safety? And you're like, oh, boy, like this is how it's going to go Kind of what you're thinking, yeah. Yep. That's what I thought, at least, and that it completely turns out its head. And I'll say this, too. like I, I thought overall there were – and like, I think you did see, again – like you said, we'll talk about MVP because I don't like any one game does not define you as a player, right? But I do think that yesterday you saw some of what people speak on when they speak with like some nuance, not just saying he's a game manager, but saying that Brock Purdy does have some flaws and he's not the most valuable player for this team. Go back to Mitch. There was one where the Ravens scored a touchdown drive and they respond, right? And there was a, there was a really nice dig route by Debo Samuel. If you hit him in stride, he's probably taken that another 15 yards or so. But instead, it's a little too high. Debo's got to go up for it. He ends up getting tackled. They had one where George Kittle was wide open. It looked yep. like on a post-looking route. He throws it up where Kittle's got to stop and go up for it. Like little things like that on top of the interceptions, I think you saw why there are some people who are hesitant to at least say this is the best player in the National Football League. And I think that's kind of fair when you watch that yesterday. So he went from, my, let's, let's call it like minus $2. Yep. He was higher than that, but we'll go minus $2 to where he's at today at around 12 to 1. So he's just shot now. I mean, can you really have that bad of a game on a Monday night on Christmas with two games to go after this and win the MVP? I don't know. It's funny because on Saturday we were talking about this, and I was like, look, he's probably still going to be the favorite unless he throws like six interceptions, completely melts down, uh, and denounces the Lord like on the PA mic. Like he's not (laughs) right. He's not going to he's not going to fall down that far. Well, that happened outside of uh, denouncing God. And I, I do think like when you look at it, I just I think it does speak to how ridiculous we get with this. And Uh, but you know, like if if he was the odds on favorite over minus two dollars heading into yesterday, should his odds get knocked for their performance? Yes. Should he fall below Tua Tungavailoa and get to like what would be that where he's at now, twelve to one? That's absolutely ridiculous. Right, right. So we're just gonna forget about what happened the entire season. Right. When he was leading the league in all these key categories. And I'm someone who doesn't think he should win MVP, but like that's that's a little ridiculous. I also I also don't think Lamar Jackson at minus one sixty makes any sense whatsoever. Here is John Harbaugh, his head coach, talking about MVP Lamar after the game. I thought Lamar had an MVP performance tonight. You know, uh, he, uh, it takes a team to, uh, to create a performance like that, but it takes a player to play at that level, to, to, to play at an MVP level. It takes a player to play that way, and Lamar was all over the field doing everything. He operated a, a pretty complicated game plan. I thought Todd and the coaches deserve a lot of credit for the game plan. Lamar operated. He made decisions on the field. And then just keeping plays alive, trusting his offensive line. The offensive line was outstanding with the protection. Lamar trusted those guys. He kept plays alive. He moved in the pocket. He created space for the for the coverage guys. Our guys did a great job of, of scramble drill, of getting open. I think we had a new, new number of plays that were extended that were big plays for us. So just a complete game by Lamar. Right, he's minus 160 overall again from week one until right now. When you look at the overall performance, I don't. I, I'm sorry he's not having an MVP season. I know people are going to disagree with that. We don't, and we'll continue this throughout the show. It doesn't have to be the quarterback from the best team or the team with the best record in football. Once, please, can we look away from quarterback, possibly? I mean, I thought he was great on the third interception. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he what? Because Lamar had three ints defensively last night, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Why can't we give it to a non-quarterback? So we'll touch on that coming up. And it felt like a cry for help. It's getting worse. Details on that coming up next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs. Juice Reel links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history, and there's more. At Juice Reel, you have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. The in-depth betting analytics with billions of data points enables you to tail the winning bettors and fade the losers. Find it for yourself. Download Juice Reel, juice like orange juice, and Reel, R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Juice. R-E-E-L. So every week when we do the uh, look-ahead numbers, which is on uh, Wednesday, right, we go over the upcoming week uh, or the one that's 10 days away in the NFL. Uh, one of the games that stood out to me for this week was Baltimore lane three against Miami. I'm like, that's probably a little bit too short. I do not want to overreact to what I saw last night because I think every single person is going to be on Baltimore this week or make the mm-hmm. case for them against Miami. And I will point out that we've seen the A game from Baltimore a handful of times this year. When they beat Detroit 38-6, to they were phenomenal that day. What happened the next week? They went to Arizona, laid a uh, somewhat of a dud. Oh, they, that one. <laughs> they did not cover. That one. Right? Yep, I, I mean, remember. It was, a, it was a weird ending to the game. The but onside they, kick, the field goal, all that, yep. It was 31-24, <laughs> and they even admitted, admitted to being a little sluggish like after the game was over with. They bounced back the next week and played the Seahawks, who were kind of hot at the time. 37-3 Baltimore. Killed the Seahawks. Mm. What happened the next week? Baltimore lost outright 33-31 to Cleveland. So this is the third or fourth time we've seen Baltimore play to this level. And just it looks phenomenal when they're going that way and they're running right. The next week, kind of two letdowns. So I don't think I'm going to be on Baltimore this week. Um, And for this part of the show, anyway, to close the MVP talk... You tweeted out last night, you know, give it to a guy who, like a Miles Garrett defensively, who's meant so much to his team. Mm-hmm. I, how about a Tyree Kill or a Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. Can we give it to a receiver or a running back? Is that possible? I mean, I think so. And, like, that's a lot of people took it literally as, like, oh, you think Miles Garrett should win it? Like, no, I think what I'm saying is there are a lot of other guys, and Christian McCaffrey right. among them, yes. that I think are non quarterback positions that deserve to have some credit here. I think this is a fair, I don't think anybody would disagree that this is a very weak run. For quarterback play, by the way, coinciding with the year which scoring is down, that that the MVP should not go. Like we we cannot be simple minded, this simple minded, where we can just we'll just give it to the next guy who's starting at quarterback with a team with a really good record. When you look at, for example, like yesterday, when the 49ers are trying to get back into this thing, they had a drive where they started. It's like Christian McCaffrey dump off, Christian McCaffrey screen, hand it off to Christian McCaffrey. Like they were trying as much as they possibly could to get back in it, and they were doing it through Christian McCaffrey. This is a guy that I think. You, you lose more of your offense if Christian McCaffrey goes down as opposed to Brock Purdy. You know, we can go down the list. The fact that Tua Tungavailoa would be considered more valuable to that offense for the Miami Dolphins than Tyreek Hill I think is absurd. And it's a small – I'll give you a small window into it. Go to the Titans game. The Titans game where all of a sudden their offense just dried up when he got hurt oh, yeah. and he was off the field. He goes back on later in the game, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Tyreek Hill with a ridiculous catch on the sideline, chunk play, and all of a sudden we're moving again. 
I, I, I think that this is the year that we can open our minds a little bit, right? Maybe got to take some hallucinogens, right? Get, you know, really go on like the ayahuasca trip and actually learn a little bit, but actually open your mind to thinking that there are more valuable players to their team that don't play quarterback. I'll add on top of that, right? I have no Tyreek Hill. I would love to see him win it. I have nothing on him to win it, um, the uh, MVP this year. How's the Chiefs offense looking? Right. <laughs> now, I know one. they won the Super Bowl last year, right? But Kelsey was still dominant a year ago. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And the second year now without Tyreek Hill, the problems with the receivers here and hanging on to the football, what he has meant to the KC offense in year number two being removed from it is just, it's completely night and day. You sure it's not Juju Smith-Schuster? I think it might be more, <laughs> more, maybe a little bit more of Tyreek right. Hill. Yeah. But that was alarming yet again. I mean, to lose as a 10.5-point favorite to a rookie quarterback at home when Patrick Mahomes was 17-0 and at home versus the division from November, uh, November on in his career, zero offensive touchdowns for the Raiders, and they did not complete a pass after the first quarter, and the Chiefs cannot win that game. Yep. That was really bad. And you, and the thing that I think makes it a little bit worse, so like Mahomes, for example, the pick six was abysmal. Like he, it was all completely on him. You don't see the defender there. Jumps up, grabs it, t- takes it back. But you can kind of see the what seems to be the mental fortitude falling apart a bit, right? Like it's constantly complaining and screaming at each other. Andy Reid's bumping Travis Kelsey on the sideline. Like it seems to be from a mental standpoint kind of fraying a little bit here for Kansas City as they can still not figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, the underrated aspect in Adam Hill who covers Las Vegas Review, uh, covers Raiders for the LVRJ. And you know, I know you've had him on a friend of the show. He tweeted it out, and I thought this was when I was observing it. That offensive line got its ass kicked yesterday. Oh, they were smoked. They, they, were, they were getting wrecked at every single point. And I'll tell you what, it takes me back to that opening night against the Detroit Lions. We could talk about Kelsey not playing, but one of the things that really stuck out was he was under duress that entire time. And this offensive line has not been particularly good, so it's all of these things kind of coming together to lose that game where you don't get a single passing yard the rest of the way after the first quarter, yep. and you lose it. And by the way, you never really can't, kind of got close to winning this game. You were just stuck in neutral the whole time. That was really alarming for Kansas City. So that old narrative uh, of defense wins championships, I think this is the perfect example to have people tuck that one away and never go back to it ever again. It's the best Chiefs, Chiefs defense by a mile that, that they've ever had with Patrick Mahomes. Yep. It's the worst version that they've had of an offense. Now, will they win the Super Bowl this year? Can they flip that switch? Good. It doesn't it doesn't appear like they're going to, but they certainly could. This team is clearly not the same team they've been. And why is that? It's not because they have a crappy defense. It's very good. It's because the offense is not clicking on all cylinders. And oh, by the way, their team, uh, their win total now went under the 11 and a half number as well yesterday. It solidified two things. They went under... Raiders went over on the season. That was six and a half. Great call in the summertime by Lou Finacaro. He came in studio on an appearance, I think it was in August, and he made a he had a tremendous breakdown of the Chiefs and why they would go under 11 and a half wins, in his opinion, and he backed it up, obviously, at the window. And this stretch of games, if I recall correctly, is exactly why, because they had, they had a schedule disadvantage of a bunch of games, right, where they had rest, so it really caught up to him here. He's throwing the ball 44 times yesterday for only 235 yards. Pacheco got hurt, had to leave. And again, like, where's the separation at wide receiver? Where's the trust throwing to guys uh, down the field? Um, it appears as if they just don't have the playmaker. I like Rice. I think he's pretty good. But who can you trust other than Rasheed Rice at wide receiver right now? Sure. And even he had a moment yesterday, right? Yeah. There was that moment where it clearly looked like he Patrick Mahomes saw something, was expecting him to keep going on a route. He sat on yep. a route, and yep. he threw it into an empty void. And they're sitting there kind of bickering with one, each, with one another. So even Rice has had its moments throughout this entire year. He's been their most consistent guy, I think outside of Kelsey at times, but I, I think like that spoke to me, that little, like that, that moment was like a microcosm of what the season has all been, which is like Mahomes saw something, Rice didn't, he sits, he throws it in front of him, and they're both just like, God, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, I think he was something around 26-4 and four against the division Yeah, going into this season. It was pure dominance, and their division win total this year was also four and a half. We made a case for that in the summertime. Nope. They're three and two in the division right now. And they have the Chargers still coming up. That could actually go under three and a half if they were to stumble and uh, lose to the Chargers next week, the final week of the reg- two weeks from now, actually. But they're laying seven and a half against the Bengals. Totals 45 and a half. Anyway, they're, they're 
I'll say lucky right now. It's still maybe a losable game. I know it didn't look pretty for the Bengals and uh, Jake Browning on Saturday. If this was Joe Burrow and oh. he wasn't hurt, right? I think I think everybody would be making the case for the Bengals to go to Arrowhead and win this game again. And then there would be a scenario where the Chiefs could not, might not even win their division. Hmm? I mean, they're still still technically alive. The Raiders are too to win this thing. Yes, they are. Yep, so mathematically alive. And, and I'll how, say that, how, how much do you think the Broncos are hating life after yesterday? Oh, that's oh a hundred percent. Such a missed opportunity to be still alive here and at least be in a better position. They're still technically still alive, but they would be ahead of obviously sitting at eight and seven as opposed to seven and eight with a realistic opportunity to actually do this. Yep. That's a, that was, I mean, that was as bad as it gets in terms of a loss for a team that's in the hunt for a playoff spot. Now, in certain places where you can find odds on uh, the next coach of certain teams and for this team being the Raiders and that candidate being Antonio Pierce, mm-hmm. is it like pretty much a done deal after yesterday, you think? I don't know. Because, I mean, they, they performed very well. They're obviously into it. But this is now another game where, remember, like they lost to the Vikings where their offense was absolutely dreadful. They lost three to nothing. Their offense was awful yesterday. And they yes, still won was. that game. Yeah. So if they don't get the two defensive touchdowns, do they just – can I do the math here? They lost 14-6 then? Right. With the offense doing nothing yet again. Everybody's making the case. Pierce has to be the guy. Here is Antonio. He was emotional after the game. Here he was. We talked about it all week. Ill intent, violence, physicality, pain. Enough is enough. I think we, we just we, – that was displayed just right there. By the way, he openly says it every single week. We need to run the football. Got to. That's what we're going to do. That's our identity. We have to run the football. And as he said, we got to be physical. We got to be mean. All right. Aiden O'Connell is not the guy. No, no. I think we <laughs> say that. Like, if you were to hire him, I would not like fight against it very much at all, right? Because I just don't know if you know. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think I could safely say that Farva is not going to be the guy. Uh, okay. Up next, what were the odds? that the Raiders would have two defensive touchdowns against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. DraftKings actually posted an eye-popping number, JVT. Find out what it was next in Win Some, Lose Some. Sports betting and win some, lose some. Paulie's out today. Day off for the holidays. Uh, highest scoring team, well, or in this case, plural yesterday, JVT. Eagles plus 145. Ravens 7-1 to had the debt heat. Each team scored 33 points. That got uh, a little hairy there at the end of the game for the Eagles, by the way. Yeah. And now they welcome in Kyler Murray. I know that they, you know, it wasn't pretty against the Bears on Sunday, but... With the way that that defense is trending, Murray and that offense. It's kind of weird, too, because it looked like they were going to actually win by margin and comfortably. But then, you, shockingly enough, Tommy Cutlets ran out of magic. Huh. And then you put in a, a little bit more of a competent quarterback who's played quarterback for a while, and all of a sudden there's some life, and you're taking advantage of some soft spots in that defense. I know. I think, just like we talked about last week, they're still in kind of danger here, Philly. Yeah, funny the way that works, huh? Yes. Cutlets magic ran out, as you said. Uh, Taylor has to be the starter moving forward here. I don't think there's any question. To close out the year. Yep. Lowest scoring team, Kansas City, 9-1. to one. Of course, most passing yards, Jalen Hurts, 5-1. to one. He had 301 yesterday. Most receiving, Kittle, 22-1 to one on the day. He finished the night with 126. You know, low-key about the 49ers yesterday, over six yards of play, over 400 yards of total offense. Yeah. Numbers are still there. No, I mean, the way it looked, it's like Kittle could have, honestly, if that game didn't get so weird, Kittle was in for one of those nights where it could have been like 12 for 200. Yep. The way that he was just, he was going to dominate last night. He even had that one one that one at the beginning, right over the top of the defender that he dropped going out of the sidelines. That's right. Yep. That's right. Uh, Raiders 5-1 to one in the money line against the Chiefs. Hello. Raiders, here, this is the big boy. I can't even believe it was offered, but DraftKings put it up on the board. Great job by them. Raiders to have two defensive touchdowns, 120 to 1. And it happened, what was it, seven, eight seconds apart? Yep, seven seconds. There's no, do you get anything on that? Did you, have we asked? You get anything on that? $2, $5? No. I don't think so. No. Um, because look at this. To score in the game, the right. yes was plus 260. 
But for the Raiders alone to score two was 120 to one. Yep. I would never even consider something like that. No, not at all. At 121, you, you would want more, realistically. Right, right. Uh, Raiders to go over their win total on the season. There you go. I had them uh, under on the yep. year. No good. Raiders to win between one and six points. Paid six to one. Halftime, full time in the game. Six to one there. Raiders won both. Raiders to score first and win. It was everything yesterday for the Raiders. Plus 550 in that game. First touchdown there. Pacheco, five to one. I mentioned this. Chiefs under four and a half division wins. Cash that one. Chiefs under 11 and a half wins. Cash that one as well. Oh, Lufinacaro. This is the reason why he gave it out on the year. Between weeks 11 and 17, mm-hmm. Kansas City had a negative 20-day rest differential. Wow. And it really caught up to him here. And they started, what, 6-1? and one? I think they're, what, 3-5 and five now? Yep. After that red-hot start? All right. How about this? 14-1 and one to the under fourth quarter on the year. 13-2 and two to the under second half. Like, their offense... Uh, that goes back to that, that Eagles game where they blew it, a 10-point halftime lead, and they did not score in the second half. And we're like, what's going on? And you look at the second half numbers, they don't do anything ever in the second half. They used to be the Golden State Warriors, right? Yeah. Give, I mean, obviously we know about the Good 13 call. seconds, but just give them the ball, and guess what? In the blink of an eye, they're going to be downfield. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and I did yep. not bet it again yesterday. Shame on me. <laughs> First touchdown hurts 4-1. to one. We talked about this last week. Yep. It, 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 they get down to the one-yard line. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen? Well, am I wrong in thinking that the nifty little wrinkle here where all of a sudden he's not going straight forward anymore on these tush pushes? Yeah. Now all of a sudden, because everybody's crashing in on the center, he's pulling it and going off to like the left. A little bit. Yep. But he's adjusted. Yep. It, it, it doesn't matter because no matter what defenses do, they can't slow it down anyway. Not at all. Uh, defensive or special teams touchdown in that game, yes, was plus 240. Darius Slayton, 5-1, to one, anytime touchdown. Jalen Hurts over 300 yards passing was also 3-1. to one. First touchdown of the night game, Gus Edwards 11-1. to one. A safety in that game was 11-1. to one. And that prop that's up anyway, will a safety happen on any given week? That's, that, it does cash, I think, every single week. Uh, most points by a team in the NBA, Knicks. They had 129, 6-1 yesterday. A little bit of an upset there, huh? I would say. And they were in control the entire time. And the Celtics, I missed this on the Celtics opened one and a half. Yes. Why would they open that low? I, there was injury questions, I think, going into a bad scheduling spot. It was the last game of a four game West Coast road trip for them. But Marky got this one right. Up to five. Again, Harry for a couple of minutes. But that starting five, JBT, is ridiculous at this point. Somebody on NBA Twitter put it out yesterday. You watch them win games like this and you wonder how they ever lose. Yeah. And But then you you watch other games where they're just like hunting mismatches, going ISO heavy and clanking shots and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Tell you what, and to me, this was uh, so obvious the day that the Bucks made the trade for Damian Lillard, the biggest mistake they did made was give up on Drew Holiday sure. and trade him, which indirectly then led to Boston getting him, which is just... They, they added Porzingis and this guy in the offseason? Come on. And Porzingis is playing like this? I mean, I still got my questions about how you operate in clunch time on offense, right? You didn't really fix those issues that killed you the last couple of years, but the high side is insane. Yep. Become a pro subscriber today. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe so you can check out the videos that we play when you become a member of the team. This is uh, dogs running around TSA at the airport and having a lot of fun. I know, JBT, you're a huge dog guy. You love them. Now it's like the slip and slide out there on the rink. Where do we go? What do we do? On the loose. Nobody's in control of the dogs. Get out of my way. What I mean, would you do here? I, mean, I love dogs. I think you're referencing that uh, we have a friend who brought a dog into a public area. It was just like climbing all over stuff. And we're like, ah, it's cute. How much you want to bet if those are my kids running around having a great time, the video would be like, look at these annoying kids running around. <laughs> but they're dogs. It's funny. Especially when one of them of urinates all over the floor. It's Christmas time, man. Yeah. You're full of joy here. No negativity, no coal. Right. Uh, some loose, some Warriors Nuggets. The over 230 to 235 and a half. That fell 234. Also, the Warriors covered that game. That was bet all the way up to seven and a half. Yep. Eagles, 11 to 14. Nope, no good. 33-25 score there. And as I said, Nuggets touched eight, one by yeah. six. 120 to 114 with the final there. That was when I got I got a bad number, but like I got six and a half. I was kind of surprised the market was moving up there. Missed out on the, uh, the best of it, but just got there. 
All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code FOLLOW only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code FOLLOW. The crown is yours. Uh, you were talking about assembling the gifts on Christmas Day and how long that can take. So you're like, we got NBA beginning out here in the West Coast at 930. You got five games back to back. You got three football games. Uh, this is from Jesse on X. He's right there with you. Married four kids. Not only is it eight hours of construction, you're reading the cheap manuals no. from, from another country. They're not, put, as I said to you during the break, when I used to do a lot of shopping at Ikea, lived in the Bay Area, you're cramped in, you got to get some of the small furniture. It looked like me on New Year's Eve after about eight drinks, <laughs> belly up in at a bar, and I'm writing, I'm like drawing like what a cabinet should look like on a napkin. Here you go, put this together for me, would you? Like it's the, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like the boss showed up and he's like, oh, you need the instructions for this? Go ahead. <laughs> you know? a, a goes into B and then you should be good to go. Like, <laughs> what? And then four and a half hours later, you're like, Please tell me that's it. Yep. I, t- I tell you what, there was one Christmas where the kid got a, uh, a full, like, fake kitchen, obviously. Uh, but we wanted to do the, hey, wake up to it because Santa brought it deal. Okay. Up until 2 o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve. Just screws and trying to put things together and do it. It was, uh, hated it. Yeah. Absolutely hated it. Bought my wife a, a bar cart for the house. So put that thing together. Good looking cart. And again, like, the instructions, the bottom, the bottom board, they said specifically to put that one on first. And then when you're constructing it, I realize like I can't. There's, it's impossible to get the middle board into this bar cart. You have to put that one on there first, or the thing that they had like for the wine rack. You cannot put. You cannot. Oh. It's like what? How? It should be something simple in the instruction. You can't get here without doing this first. No, nope, no chance. Figure it out on your own. The worst part on those is when you realize you did something wrong. And you got to take it back apart to put some other that's piece in. That's kind of what I had to do yep. yesterday. Oh, that's terrible. I have a desk that has like this piece of plywood that's backwards. Because I put it all together. Thought I was following this. I was like, no, we're st- we're, that is staying just like that. I don't care. <laughs> I, will, I will look at the cork board for years to come. I don't care. Uh, we'll hit NBA a little harder coming up in the next hour of the show. Panic time in Phoenix? I think Yes. To the extent that you thought you were going to be like a one seed and, and a clear-cut favorite in the West. Yeah. For those who are just waking up right now, they played last game in the NBA last night. Luka had 50. Mavs blew him out, what, 128 to 114? That also opened up 236.5, so it went over that, that total. But also, that's one narrative that you can't forget. Luka and Booker absolutely hate each other. One of the best rivalries in, in the league. So I was looking at Luca props last night. They didn't get involved in him because they were so high. But it doesn't even matter. He had 50 last night. He was unstoppable. Suns 1-11 ATS in their last 12 games. Is that right? Yep. Wow. Bad. Okay. We'll hit some uh, bowl betting with professional sports better Paul Stone coming up next. We'll find out uh, three of the games for this week that caught his eye with the uh, current numbers. That's coming up on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Beeson Pro subscribers get everything up on the website, and there's a bunch up there. You get the pro tools, like my favorite, the NBA Daily Player Prop Analyzer. It gives you history on player props, points, rebounds, assists, three-point makes, and more. You get the pro picks page, of course. Wes Reynolds and others frequently up there on the leaderboard. Pro tips and the 24-7 live stream. If you want to check it out, see what we have to offer, introductory offer for only $9.99, and check out other subscription offers at vcin.com slash subscribe. Time now uh, for professional sports better Paul Stone to join the program. Matt Humans is off uh, his regular weekly spot with us here as he filled in for me yesterday. Uh, you can follow Paul on X. He's at Paul Stone Sports. That's also the name of his podcast as well, which you can get wherever you get your podcast. Happy holidays, Paul. Thanks for the time. Um, we appreciate it as always. Let's begin here with the game that we have on Monday, New Year's Day. Uh, and you've had plenty of time now to think about it after the matchup. Michigan's lane two against Alabama that number it has been pretty rock st- uh, solid between one and a half and two a um, couple of things here make a case for which side you like in the game and when we get to this spot on New Year's Day at the Rose Bowl do you think Michigan is still going to be the favorite at kickoff well I tell you Mitch that's, that's a good question first of all I didn't need a whole lot of time to think about th- this game when the, the okay. lines were released I took Alabama right off the bat took them uh, plus the two, and certainly a great question for people who have not yet entered the marketplace on this game. What's it going to do between now and, and next Monday, six days from today? And I don't think that in my mind, there's you never know, but there's no question outside of an injury that Michigan's not going to be favored by more than two points. They're either going to be a one, a two point favorite, one pick them could be Alabama favored. So I think if you're going to take the uh, Alabama side, you want to go ahead and jump in. If you're looking at Michigan, uh, you might wait and get this game at Pickham or might even get a point. But, you know, you look at this Alabama team breaking this game down. After its 34-24 home loss to Texas in week two, you know, Alabama looked like anything but a national title contender. The next week, things didn't get a whole lot better for the Tide. Uh, they benched Jalen Milrow, got a look at Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner at quarterback, didn't find any answers there struggled to a 17-3 to victory at South Florida. And to me, anyway, on that day, it became crystal clear that the tide would either sink or swim with Jalen Milrow at quarterback in 2023. And I'll admit, you know, this year's version of the tide, certainly not Nick Saban's finest, but they've made incremental improvements during the course of the season. Milrow's been a big part of that growth. Uh, they are a contender, obviously, for the national championship. Meanwhile, Michigan making their third straight trip to college football's 14 playoff, got upset by TCU last year, lost to eventual eventual, uh, national champ Georgia by 23 the prior year. You look at this game, and to me, the Wolverines are simply not as explosive offensively as they need to be. Doing some statistical comparison to last year, Blake Corum averaged 5.9 yards per carry last year only 4.7 this year, and then his backfield mate, Donovan Edwards, 7.1 yards per carry in 2022, less than half that this year, only 3.5 yards per carry for Edwards, and then J.J. McCarthy, he's only thrown one touchdown pass the past five games. A real interesting story uh, in The Athletic a few days ago by Bruce Feldman, quoted some anonymous Big Ten coaches, said Michigan had not been the same team since the NCAA's investigation into alleged sign stealing. You know, whether that's true or not, 
Um, who knows? But it does present a fair question and certainly uh, could enter into a person's handicap. Lastly, the SEC versus non-SEC foes in the college football playoff era. So since this playoff format began in 2014, the SEC 14-3 and versus non-SEC foes. The Big Ten only 3-6, and all three victories by Ohio State, like Alabama plus two to defeat Michigan outright in that college football semifinal. Wow. All right, Paul. Uh, for this next one, please come with a little bit more analysis, okay? Uh, Alamo okay. Bowl, my, yeah, my, fav- <laughs> my favorite game uh, on the board outside of the playoffs here. I can't wait to watch this. Arizona has been a machine at the window, taking on Oklahoma State. There's been a steady trickle in favor of the Sooners, but we're now under three. Is this the buy point here on the Wildcats? You know, I think it is. And, you know, as I've said previously, uh, you know, the handicap in the bowl games more about information, less about the number. Uh, looking at yesterday's Arizona Daily Star, the Wildcats, they've only had eight players enter the transfer portal. That number's almost double for Oklahoma. Uh, the majority of Oklahoma's losses on the offensive side of the ball, most notable individually of those losses being quarterback Dylan Gabriel, who's transferred to Oregon, but also very notable. Oklahoma's going to be without three starting offensive linemen. Two of those, center Andrew Rame, right tackle Tyler Guyton, uh, have opted out to prepare for the 2024 draft. Left guard Savion Bird, he's transferred to SMU. And still another, true freshman left guard Caden Green. He started five games this past season. He's in the transfer portal, not expected to play against Arizona. Arizona won a college football's biggest surprises anyway. You uh, slice it this year. They were picked by everyone, including myself, uh, to finish in the bottom third of the Pac-12. But they're 9-3 and three on the season. Two of their losses in overtime, the other by only seven points. Uh, their, you know, their quarterback, redshirt freshman Noah Fafita, he took over after four games for Jaden DeLora. Never looked back. Arizona 10-2 and two against the spread this year. Oklahoma, at one point this year, ranked number five after defeating Texas. They had visions of the national college playoff not being in San Antonio four days before New Year's. That wasn't their goal. Arizona's the more motivated team, excited to be playing one of college football's all-time great programs. I like Arizona by a field goal or more over Oklahoma. I would have laid a lot of points on LSU had uh, Daniels stuck around and played in this game after winning the Heisman Trophy. It was a high, and I like the backup. All reports out of that area of the country told me before the season started, the kid's really, really good, Nesmeyer. Um, now they're laying nine and a half against Wisconsin, and I know Wisconsin closed. They needed basically two wins to become, you know, to get to the spot. They beat Nebraska, they beat Minnesota, they got there, they're seven and five. But overall, Paul, very disappointing year in Madison for this team. They're playing on New Year's Day. They're used to this. The fans will travel, but can they can they keep up points wise and score enough to make it interesting here against LSU, who with the backup quarterback, in my opinion, will still put up points. I mean, that's, that's kind of my breakdown, Mitch. I mean, uh, you got to be revved up a little bit offensively to keep up with this LSU team, even with Garrett Nussmeyer at, at quarterback. And LSU, frankly, they hadn't had quite as many opt-outs uh, as I thought they would. And Brian Kelly, a couple of days ago, said he fully expects the Tigers' two 1,000-yard receivers, uh, those being Malik Neighbors and uh, Brian Thomas, to play against Wisconsin. Those guys combined for over uh, 100 and they combined for 146 catches, over 126 yards, receiving 29 touchdowns, a whole lot of production. So the fact that those guys are going to play uh, big for LSU, a lot of teams in today's version of college football don't have a capable black backup quarterback. Garrett Nussmeyer has played some football uh, over the last three seasons, thrown 174 passes, so he's uh, seen some uh, seen some action. LSU's defense, obviously not uh, real strong, gave up over 29 points a game, Mm -hmm. 417 yards a game. But again, I'm just not sure Wisconsin's offense is revved up enough to exploit the Tigers' vulnerability. In fact, in their final seven games this year, the Badgers only averaged 15.7 points per game in regulation play, didn't reach 30 points a single time in their last seven games. Wisconsin going to be without their top offensive weapon, Braylon Allen, he rushed for almost 3,500 yards in his three-year career there in Madison. Going to be without three of their top receivers. Going to be without their multi-year starting center, uh, Tanner Bordellini. So I think they're going to have trouble keeping up in this track meet. Wisconsin, they didn't beat a single Power 5 team this season that currently has a winning record. I like LSU by double digits over Wisconsin. 
Awesome breakdowns as always. You can follow Paul on X. He's at Paul Stone Sports. The name of his podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, is also called the Paul Stone Sports Hot, uh, Podcast. Happy holidays. Have a great new year, and we'll talk to you soon, pal. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a great day, guys. Yep, well. You too. There you go. Good stuff from Paul. Uh, he had a couple of uh, dogs went outright last week when he joined us. He was on Air Force. They won that yep. game outright. And the other game that he was on, um, oh boy, I'm blanking on it now. He was 2-1 and one last week, and uh, he had two dogs. I know he had Troy, and they lost outright to Duke. And now it's going to bother me. Now Northern Illinois? It. No. No, oh, okay. My bad. I'll get it for you at some point. Uh, he was a Northwestern. They went outright. Oh, Las yeah. Vegas That's Bowl. a good one. Yep. Las- you're off to – you're covering UNLV in Kansas tonight. Yes. It's a mass. is this game – it's 67 for the total. I think this game can go one of two ways, and it could be high scoring on either one of them. But like mm-hmm. 50 to 30 is something I could see happening. Kansas just doing whatever they want. I can also see UNLV keeping it close and having a chance to win. Yeah. I, like it could go the – for those who don't remember the Mountain West Championship game, that game went over 62 and a half. I think it was the number. And that was a lopsided victory in favor of Boise State. I think it's realistic, but that number was two, so two and a half. 13 seems like a lot. Yeah. Up next, we'll get into week 17 numbers in the NFL. Plus, it appears as if his regular season is now in doubt. I'll tell you who that is next here on Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.